0: The Song Confessional Podcast is a co-production of KUTE KUTX Studios and Good Taste Society. This is Walker Lukens and you are listening to... Let me explain to you what we do here at the Song Confessional. We collect anonymous stories. We call these confessions, right? So we give these confessions to songwriters and bands who write and record an original song based on the confession. So you tell us a story about that time you went on a road trip and you saw Nessie. And then we take that recording of you telling that story, we give it to bands fans write an original song on this podcast you're gonna hear the confession you're gonna hear the song and inspired and then interview with the songwriters I'm sitting here with the only person I would marry after he died what's your name
1: Casper I mean Zach Zasper Zasper also quick recap Nessie like Loch Ness Monster yeah tight okay <laughs> Zasper sounds like a SoundCloud rapper well, at least I know my, uh, my after afterlife career. Zasper, the SoundCloud rapper. Ghost. SoundCloud rapper ghost. Corrected. Aww. <laughs> the real reason we're here is to continue with part two of our three-part series. Last week, you heard from Madison Ward and the Mama Bear with their song, Dolly Walker. This week, you're going to hear a song from Night Moves inspired by the exact same confession. If you have not heard that confession, stop right now go back in episode and listen, because it's a doozy. It's one of the um, weirdest online dating stories that I've ever come across. Don't listen. My wife, do not listen. But if I ever was doing internet dating in the future, I hope I come across something like this, because I've definitely never met anybody married to a ghost. And I really want to, because I have a lot of questions. If that makes no
0: sense to you, it's because you haven't heard the confession from last week. You need to go back and listen to part one. It will help make this song by Night Moves even more awesome. Uh, Night Moves, a band we're familiar with because they made a record with Jimino. They have two other full length records. They're on Domino Records, they're from Minneapolis, Minnesota. What kind of music are they? You know, before my interview with John, the lead singer, I would have described them as a kind of spacier, washier version of like Heartland American rock. But but after talking to him, you know, he really doesn't really claim that. And he actively uh, disassociates from Bob Seger.
1: (laughs) Which, if you do a quick Google
0: search, you'll know why. If you don't know the song Night Moves by Bob Seger... Yeah, just don't listen
1: to this podcast anymore.
0: (laughs) I just feel like you must have immigrated to this country in the last
1: three years. That's the (laughs) only way you haven't heard Night Moves by Bob Seger. Have you never been to a professional sports game? Even if you've immigrated within the past three years, you've probably turned on the radio at least twice. And the chances are pretty good that out of two radio turn-ons, you're going to get a little Night Moves.
0: What's interesting is I think Night Moves sounds absolutely nothing
1: like Bob Seger. No, not
0: at all. But I do think that John's songs they're a cooler more complex version of that like classic american rock and roll song yeah. Yeah. yeah
1: yeah with with just like uh it's like classic american songwriting with a bigger production value yeah 100 percent.
0: well without further ado here is vulnerable hours by night moves i'm sitting here with jim eno how you doing today jim good how are you uh i'm not great (laughs) let me tell you why because i got a covid booster shot yesterday Ooh,
2: nice one
0: and my arm feels like a sumo wrestler is sitting on it
2: well hopefully tomorrow you'll feel better Mm
0: -hmm. what's what's the name of the song we're going to talk about
2: it's called vulnerable
0: hours Tongue twister. I know. My immediate impression of that song is that there's a, like an airiness to it. Mm-hmm. You know, I think it's made by keyboards and probably some sort of uh, reverb, yeah, bus or something. But the track feels really big and airy.
2: Yeah, yeah. Um, I did uh, a Night Moves record, so I've worked with these guys, and they, you know. John plays a lot of stuff through like a chorus pedal and keys and, and stuff like that. So it does have a washiness to it, even when you record it. Then you take all the sort of washiness and maybe things don't have like the biting focus that they normally do. And then you you mix that and it tends to give a more of a pillowy feel, I think, to their, to their music.
0: I think pillowy is the, is the perfect word to describe yeah. that song. It uh the other thing I noticed about that song is it has these these backup vocals. Yeah, they're really nice. That just send the track into this really beautiful like seventies. Uh, I don't know, California. Yeah. Yeah, totally. Like, sort of reminds me of uh, like the Eagles or Jackson Brown, but mm-hmm. also like it it wouldn't sound like that at all without those. Yeah, exactly.
2: But they're also um. Um, surprising where they come in too to me is like oh wow like Mm -hmm. nice choice of a of a spot for the background vocals it's not like there's a lot of them in the song but where they chose to put them i think is really effective
0: it's amazing uh I'm amazed how rarely you hear response backup vocals these days. Right, yeah. A lot of times you hear a harmony with the lead vocal, but mm-hmm. you don't hear response vocals like that very much. I think that's why it's so evocative of yeah. the 70s or yeah. something. Yeah, totally, totally. Yeah. What's the record called that you made with Night Moves?
2: Yeah, so the album I did with them was called Can You Really Find Me?
0: And when you worked on that record with them, did they come in with a lot of the arrangements for the songs already done? Yes, they did. Mm-hmm.
2: Yeah, we... um Me and John did a couple of pre-production calls um, and uh, worked on some stuff there, some arrangement stuff, but they had everything, um, you know, a lot of it worked out. We, you know, changed some of the, maybe some of the drums and, and the usual stuff that I know, you know, we, we do together of like, hey, let's try this on a different instrument. Let's do this with guitar instead of this, you know? So we were doing, you know, experimentation like that.
0: You'll hear all about how this track came together for Night Moves in my interview with John. Interview,
3: interview, interview, interview.
0: So, who, who am I speaking with?
4: Uh, my name is John Pellant.
0: And uh, what's the name of your project?
4: Uh, the band is called Night Moves.
0: Is this your, your first, uh, <clears throat> I should say, is this the most serious band you've been a part of?
4: I would say, yeah. Yeah, this has been going on for like 10 years now, so.
0: Damn, 10 years, that's a long time. Are you the principal
4: singer-songwriter? I am, yeah.
0: When, uh, when did you start writing music?
4: Oh, uh, I think when I was 16, 15, 16, something like that. I think I tried when I was like maybe 13 and it was just dog shit, so. Okay. do you? I think when I actually got something like halfway decent, it was probably 16
0: something that's not embarrassing 16 yeah. yeah
4: i mean i guess it was kind of embarrassing up until my 20s
0: yeah and how old are you
4: now i'm 32
0: 32 so what's up do you have a, a first song you remember writing that that wasn't like by name that wasn't totally embarrassing
4: uh yeah it's probably a, a song called country queen and that's on our first record
0: okay so it I is on a, it's on a night moves record
4: it is yeah are you
0: otherwise embarrassed of that record
4: No, not really. I get honestly, actually, if you catch me on the wrong day, I will be embarrassed by it. But I just kind of go back and forth a lot. Yeah. You know, some day, some days I'll hear it through a different lens, and I'll be like, "Oh wow, this is really good." Mm -hmm. I don't know how I came up with that, but then on other days I'll be like, "This is fucking dog shit." Yeah, I think that's just a personality flaw, though.
0: (laughs) Yeah, as far as I can tell, that's uh, every singer songwriter. Right. Yeah.
4: (laughs) That's nothing new.
0: Are you, uh, when you write songs, do you write them and make a demo at the same time? Are you kind of old school and you uh, write it all and then make a demo of the song?
4: Wait, what was the difference between the two?
0: Like, do you make the demo after you write it or do you make the demo as you're writing?
4: Oh, oh, you know, I'll, I'll record like a snippet of it just on my phone or on my computer if I have like my mic set up. But I usually never finish it all in one fell swoop Mm -hmm. it's like it takes me a long time to put all the little pieces together
0: yeah and so this this song uh that you wrote what is it called
4: it's called vulnerable hours
0: vulnerable hours yeah how did this come together like take take me through the process so you get the confession from us and then what happened
4: yeah i got the confession and actually i had like the uh pretty much most of this song like the verse the verse and the uh, the guitar riff thing and the vocal melody that I had that all before and it just didn't really have any purpose so I kind of just had that melody kicking around and then I was like you want to know what I should probably I could probably use this thing that's kind of cool and uh, I got the confession and then I just started writing down words given the melody yeah and the back half of it when it gets real like sugary and like kicks into gear after the solo that was all written whilst I, w- I was uh, writing out the words for the confession
0: Lord, and yeah I mean one of the things so that, that was
4: really on, the only the new piece and then everything else had kind of was already there so very cool just figuring out the structure you know
0: yeah and after it, that could you estimate like how much time this took you to make
4: <laughs> <laughs> yeah a lot yeah it took a lot of time too mm-hmm. much time um well, the funny thing was is I pretty much fit, ok. So in terms of writing songs all in one go, so I did have everything. But once I started doing it and I got the confession, I pretty much put it together all in the same day. Mm-hmm. So that was unique for me. But um after that, you know, I showed it to everybody, like my bandmates, and I told them I was doing this podcast, and they were like, "Oh, wow, this is really great." And then we took it through probably like eight or nine different iterations. With like different drum grooves and bass grooves and different structures and everything because everyone liked it so much in the band, and it was kind of like an exciting new structure, I guess you could say, yeah, and maybe like a new sound, I don't know um so yeah, i mean we t- we uh we essentially it took I would say almost like a year damn, from when we recorded it recorded, it, and that's the version you guys have, hmm but I'm always tinkering it up until the last second, so yeah maybe like 10 months and that's not working on it every day you know that's of course yeah oh i'll work on it like once or like three times every like three weeks or something i don't know
0: sometimes sometimes a couple weeks distance from a song like is better than 10 hours working on a song like just Mm -hmm. setting it down and coming back to it does more for it than
4: yeah you get clarity and that's good because Mm -hmm. if you can really get lost in the moment so it's nice to have those months each month. You're kind of like, is this still good? Does mm-hmm. this suck?
0: Yeah. Uh, and for my own music, a lot of times that space helps me realize kind of what was inspiring it. But what, what inspired the song to me, not, not necessarily the lyrics, but like the music, you know, I'll like take a little time from them and like, dang, I was listening to a lot of this or like I could tell I was right. trying to channel this. And that can be really good to keep moving it in a new direction instead of becoming like a, a rip off or something.
4: Exactly. Yeah. You really need that, that time away to get some clarity. Mm-hmm.
0: So what was this confession about in your own words?
4: Uh, I mean, I seemed like just a, a woman who was frustrated with, with her failed foray into the online dating world. You know, if like, I don't know when the confession was done, but, you know, you could say the 20s, the 2020s.
3: Mm -hmm.
4: or you know modern modern day uh e-dating i guess you could say yeah (laughs) the discontent that comes from that
0: did you uh i mean did you feel sorry for her what was your reaction to her
4: she had such like a warm disposition and seemed like a really cool lady so i you know i've the the thing that moved me the most was like uh her being recently widowed Mm -hmm. and talking about her, her her um her husband who had passed and like what he would have thought about the whole thing. That was the kind of one moment where I was like, Ooh, but everything else, you know, she had such a kind of like upbeat, warmed and she had a sense of humor about it. So I, I don't think I was really uh, bummed out until I kind of heard that piece. And even then she still kind of had, had her, had her chin up. So,
0: Yeah. What, what <clears throat> of all, I love the lyrics to your song. Do you have a favorite lyric from the song?
4: oh god i don't know um i've got them right here i i mean i guess i like the chorus when i when i say am i the one they'll touch am i the one who grieve am i the one who'll love will i be the one to please i don't know i guess i kind of thought that (laughs) in terms of like a uh i i don't know when you don't know who you're getting involved with you know and those uh you're you're very curious and you're excited and you're nervous and you're emotional and you probably if you have like a failed experience i think that kind of encapsulates that when I think you when you uh are, are in newly into the dating scene yeah if you're like 15 20 40 or 70 i don't know
0: your your lyrics in uh in my opinion they they do a good job of like highlighting this thing about um Love or like romance that's kind of interesting, which is that you know people want it really bad. they want it to be part of their lives, but they want it for itself. It's not even necessarily just because of a person. So like they know they want that in their lives, but they, it's not because of as a response to one person. So that's the thing I like about your chorus, like with the questions is like, yeah, it is open ended and like. You have all, all this, all these parts of being in a romantic relationship, like grieving together, loving, pleasing, touching, but you don't know them yet. You know, that's the thing I thought right. I like that aspect. You, you did a good job of uh, highlighting that in your lyrics.
4: Oh, thanks. Yeah. It seems like a social construct that you can really get swept away in. Yeah. Really like it, after, you know, months or years of being with that person, it probably isn't the same. You don't have those same like fears. Or you could, you know, and I guess that's present in the song, but yeah, I was just trying to touch on, you know, that, um, that, that new foray into the dating world, mm-hmm. e-dating, I guess, even in this case, which is something I've never done, but.
0: Well, that was going to be my next question. So you've never met anyone online.
4: Mm-mm, no, I've never, I've never done the app based lifestyle Yeah, of e-dating. Have you?
0: No. And one thing that's really fascinating that, uh, <laughs> that I've found through, through working on this uh, this particular confession is uh, I've talked to a lot of musicians in, in the process of this and none of them have done it. None of them have like <laughs> met somebody that they're dating through like Tinder or something. Right. Uh, or, but had, or, they,
4: had they done it? No, or do you mean that there's not ever been a success? Like they're still not together, but they've never even dipped their toes in that.
0: Like maybe they've dipped their toes a little bit. They they've they've dipped their toes in it a little bit, but it's never been like the way they got into a relationship.
4: Okay, right, right, right. right. Yeah, yeah, just like a hookup or something.
0: Yeah, yeah. It's a kind of tour cliche, but I definitely noticed um, as soon as like Tinder and uh, what was the other one. Um, I don't know. All of those apps, Bumble. Kinda, Bumble's one, but th- it's harder in this game. I noticed that once uh, I was touring before those apps, and I noticed that once they came around, that people I toured with who were like trying to hook up right. were doing it through the apps on tour oh, m- way sure. more successfully than they were just, uh, you know,
4: without the apps.
0: Without the apps. Oh, so I thought it was pretty fascinating. Um, you know, it, it, I guess there is success in that, in that regard.
4: Yeah. Yeah. It'll connect you for sure. Yeah. I, I mean, I, yeah, we've been on tour with like certain people who will yeah, change their um, location or whatever to like whatever your city you're going to. Mm -hmm. and they'll just be like yeah this city was a bust man
3: (laughs) or they'll show
4: they'll show up and they'll be like oh my god man i have seven matches already we're not even there (laughs) and i'm and yeah i've never had to do that or or i've done that and i'm just kind of like yeah it's it's fascinating to me but
0: yeah (laughs) yeah it's definitely uh it's definitely something that i mean everything you just said i've heard somebody say to me so i've i've been on that (laughs) tour with those people too what's something about vulnerable hours that you're like particularly proud of like as as the songwriter or the the singer guitar player or something on the recording like what are you particularly proud of about it
4: um I like that the verses I have that kind of like minor-y thing to it Mm -hmm. there's there's some there's like a one weird chord in there that kind of takes you into it's a really like pulling tense chord and then it resolves on like a pretty major seventh I like that and then the choruses go like hard hard into the major world. Mm-hmm. So I like that ebb and flow of like it gets dark in the verse and then it like brightens up and then you get the solo and it's really uplifting and then it ends really hard and like a kind of like driving sugary thing. Yeah. I don't know. I just love how it just seems like a journey. <laughs> it's like the whole thing is just kind of like a... I, I feel like when you, the first note, it ends up in a totally different place, like by the end.
0: Yeah. I think so, journey is- a, I like that. It's definitely a little journey and I- It's like it a is,
4: mini trip, you know?
0: And a, well, and, a, and and to its credit, it's a mini trip, but it doesn't at all feel long. You know, it just takes you, it takes you a lot of places emotionally. Uh, yeah. What but was that? Still,
4: it still seems to make sense. That's something I was trying to do, is where it's like, you don't want to be, you don't want to overstay your welcome, but there's enough goodies in there. Mm-hmm. Where it can kind of feel like you, you get taken on this trip, but it all makes sense musically, and it doesn't get too disjointed, you know. Because it is easy to kind of like be like, "What the hell did I just listen to? There's too yeah. much going on." But I think it, the more you listen to it, this one will kind of make sense. I think on First Blush, you're kind of it might be a little disorienting, but I've listened to it enough to think like, "Okay, this is this is halfway decent. <laughs> we can put this out." <laughs>
0: Man, I love that that John really focused on the feelings in this confession, like the, the kind of
1: the themes, really. The you know? underlying emotion.
0: Yeah, like, like we're talking about a woman who's a widow who's trying to find a new partner. Mm-hmm. You know, I mean, there's this really kind of tenderness to this story that you sort of uh, doesn't get emphasized because she's such a witty confessor mm-hmm. and has such a good sense of humor about herself and her experience. But his song, Vulnerable Hours, really honed in on that part. Whereas the Dolly Walker song told the story. Told the story. It was still, it's still tender. I mean, the, you know, get to the good parts thing. It's that, that sentiment is there. But I feel like John's song is more abstract and more about that kind of longing we feel
1: yeah it's like one's kind of reading the lines one's reading a little more in between the lines maybe yeah. it's kind and, of the difference.
0: and I think that that you might listen to this Night move song
1: and never think that it's about a woman who's trying to date yeah very true it's yeah. kind of it's very universally themed it's just mm-hmm. that kind of cl- almost classic longing for love feeling yeah I I really loved talking to this confessor. She she I found her very charming. Definitely aging goals. Just her general approach. She's sharp, she's funny. You like you said she's witty. Mm-hmm. I mean, she took the whole experience just like on her sleeve and enjoyed it even though it was weird. You can tell she still like enjoyed it a little bit even if it wasn't her cup of tea, but she's like, ah, "At least I tried the tea."
0: Yeah, exactly. <laughs> she and she seemed very uh um There is there there is a part of me that wonders what that conversation she had with E was like, like maybe she actually was angry. <laughs> maybe this story happened long enough ago that she, she can laugh about it completely she's now. Gotten over but it I do like,
1: wonder what the fuck is up with your algorithm. <laughs> yeah, it's very fucked up.
0: Uh, yeah, that must be that must be incredibly overwhelming for
1: for. Just older, just older folks, you know? I mean... I, Absolutely. I mean, it. we are old enough that online dating seems foreign. Yeah. True. We're in our 30s. Yeah. I mean, I, I can't even imagine mm-hmm. being that age and re-tackling dating in the most different way than when you were actually doing it younger. Like, no, no courting, no normal courting, no little drive-in dates, no diner dates, no... What, what what they call dances? Sock hops? No sock hops.
0: Dang. Do you remember the Austin sock hop?
1: No. Oh, wow. I don't know the Austin sock hop. Well, was it I like a throwback, like poodle skirt dance? It wasn't poodle skirt, but it was a dance. That's cute. I'll be honest with you. I don't remember it very well because I got fucked up every single time <laughs> I went, and I went a lot. Well, now they do adult prom, so I guess that's same-ish Same thing. idea. Yeah. Yeah. I. You know, the you and I both uh, have watched our
0: mom's date. Mm-hmm. And there was a part of me that I think I empathize with this
1: confessor a little bit because I'm such a mom's boy. Well, and your, your mom thankfully had success. Yeah, she. that's true. My mom's version was a little closer to I, this. I remember that. There was some weirdos, and she always just... She, she tried. We'll just leave it at tried. <laughs> she <Yeah>. tried. <laughs> mama tried. Yeah, mama tried. It's, uh, it's clearly much more complicated for an older woman to date than it is for an older man. I with, think especially a widow because... Widows don't fall out of love. They still have that feeling of they met their soulmate one time, you know, and they went the distance. And they, I don't know. It's it, I feel like it's it's almost harder as a widow. I mean, your mo- mother's also a widow, was a widow, is a yeah. widow. Does this does she still count as a I widow even so though she's remarried? Yeah, yeah, yeah still. I, uh, what you're saying is is true,
0: but I was also just saying because creepy old men, yeah, have a have can date younger women and it happens the opposite way much less frequently which is why I
1: think you get weirdo old dudes that was my mom's issue yeah. is that like most dudes her age wanted younger women so yeah, the so ones that were interested in her were some just weirdos or some backwoods rednecks or just you get stuck with some shit that's for sure yeah
0: yeah another thing about this confession that I think about every time I've kind of re-listened because we did we did start this whole... Pro- I took this interview a long time ago.
1: Yeah, this was a quarantine interview. Yeah,
0: that's true. This was a quarantine interview. Um, but one thing that really struck me this time is like, you know, someone's going to date that fucker with the dead wife. <laughs> <laughs> and someone's out there who's like, I can ignore that. I'll ignore that. I like everything else about him. I mean... Fairly easy to ignore a ghost wife. I think so. <laughs> should I, be easy. <laughs> I don't blame Dolly Walker for wanting more for herself. Yeah, right
1: out, you know, right at the gate. Me either.
0: But yeah, they're not around.
1: Yeah, they're definitely. You're not gonna run into them. You're definitely not gonna <laughs> do that. They're not gonna be knocking on your door, full of jealousy or rage or well, I mean, hopefully, who knows?
0: <laughs> uh, it just it just makes me laugh. And you're like, oh, you know, you have to. Maybe people out there have to ignore that their partner picks their nose or is a terrible
1: drunk. Uh, maybe he's out there finding some woman married to a dead man. Oh my God. Yeah, that's what I'm saying. What?
0: Ignoring the ghost wife.
1: Maybe is we're easier, creating maybe. an entirely new dating app concept. Yeah, that's <laughs> fucking weird. Yeah. yeah married yeah, yeah. to an entity, but need human contact. We got you. In the third part of this three-part
0: series, you are going to hear from John and Madison and hear their reactions to one another's songs.
1: Yeah, and we're going to thank them for uh, being cool with our fuck-up.
0: And actually, both of them are were excited about it.
1: Yeah, great. We're going on
0: record.
3: Up's okay.
1: The Song Professional Podcast is produced by myself, Walker Lukens, Aaron Blackerby, Rylan Kettery, Jim Eno, Mike Lee, and brought to you by KUTX. The theme song you heard at the top, it was written by me, Walker
0: Lukens. It was performed by me, Zach... James Wesley Estre, Sam Panky. It was recorded and mixed by Jim Eno, and it was mastered by Chris Longwood.
1: Vulnerable Hours was written by John Pellant and performed by John Pellant and Mickey Alfano of Night Moves.
0: If you like this podcast, literally the best thing you can do is send an episode a particular episode to someone that you think would enjoy it that's that's the best thing you can do for us and for you and for your friend or your family member or your enemy who might enjoy that particular episode or a ghost thank you to night moves for being part of this